everybody, this is John. Just wanted to give a slight heads up so no one listening is caught off guard. In this episode, my guests and I mainly discuss topics that are racially focused, and the N-word is used throughout. I understand how some may find this off-putting, but our intent isn't to rub anyone the wrong way. It is instead to have an open and honest discussion about the issue. With that said, as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. What up? What's up, John, man? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm glad to have a weekend where I can just be chill and not, like, stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't have the juice to stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning anymore anyway. It was, it was fun, though. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was definitely fun, but I was struggling. All right, I gotta do this stupid intro. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Hello world, welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. Uh, just a reminder, we've switched to an episode every other week, uh, because an episode every week was killing me, so I don't really have that kind of energy or the time, because I have other things going on in my life. Surprise, surprise. Anyway, <laughs> I am joined by fan favorite, Dalvin Ford Jr. How you doing, man? I'm great. I didn't know I was fan favorite. I do. I'm telling you, it's the fan favorite. Like me, the fan, and I'm my favorite person because that is true. <laughs> no, no, no. Like uh, I don't want to. I, I I appreciate and respect all my guests, like, but I was by far the best one. Uh, no, I just like yours made me laugh harder than like. God, I laughed so hard during that episode while we were recording it, and when I listened back to it, I'm like. I'm sorry, I love my guests, all of them are dear friends of mine, but I have to say that the episode we did was the one I laughed the hardest. Nice, I take that as a huge compliment, thank you. Yeah, well I mean that's, that's dude, that's me and you in real life, like we just hung yeah. out, last weekend was South by Southwest in Austin and you came down again, and it was a blast, man, we had a great time. Uh, yeah, we did, we did, South by Southwest is a lot. It's a lot to deal with. I don't, I don't know if the people who are listening have ever been, but it's like Mardi Gras for music, and it's like the whole city. More square footage of Austin takes part in South by than probably square footage of New Orleans takes part in Mardi Gras. Like, it's huge. Yeah, dude, it's like a giant block party, and it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, just to update, we are on day, hold on, I pulled it up, 66 of this nice. Trump presidency, and... What a presidency it's been. It's been going great. Uh, been, I've been having a great time. It's been real wonderful for me personally. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing about listening to the episode we did last year is how we talked about how I was so arrogant to think that there's no way we do not occupy a reality that this man could get elected to the presidency. And time has made me the biggest fool. I, I just don't. I just, I just, I just don't know. Yeah, you had a lot of faith in the American people that I don't share. Yeah, man, it's like that, 
<laughs> Did you see the Chappelle skit on SNL where... No, it was exactly like... That's exactly, exactly, exactly how I felt. I was like, of course, guys. I mean, racism has been selling in this country like hotcakes since the beginning of this country. Like, yeah. I just had hope. Maybe that's my privilege. I know the last speaking. president, he told us about hope. Yeah. And he also taught us that hope gets crushed. <laughs> no, it's like... I, I don't know. I just... I, be- I just had hope in my country, but maybe that's my privilege talking. I just... No, I mean, I get it. You, I mean, it seemed like a foregone conclusion. Even though I might have been a little bit more skeptical than you, I definitely thought that. It was... But it's been a rough... Like, God, it's only... It's, it's only been two it's months. It's felt like five years. Yeah. It's been two months. It felt like a very long time. But, I mean, look, people seem like they are very steadfast in uh, opposing the things that he does that are bad. Yeah. And we've, I've never seen people my age so politically engaged. I've never seen the country so politically engaged. And I think that something good could potentially come out of that. I'm not predicting that at all. But yeah. uh, the opportunity is there. It's nice to see that people are, like, aware now, but... People claim to be aware who aren't really aware and believe all this misinformation and spin and it's 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 just disheartening. While I, I, I agree with you, I just think that it's kind of sad how, I don't know, chaotic or nonsensical it can all be. It's just like the, – the point I want to get across is any Trump supporter who may or may not be listening to this, all probably negative five of y'all <laughs> – I get called – my brother famously calls me an Obama fanboy so hard. He is a role model of mine, but like I I just like if Obama had done any of the shit that this man has done in the campaign and the his very brief presidency so far, that they would have got Obama the fuck out of that office so quick. Oh, yeah, obviously. It's, yes. It's Very yes. And it's like, I'm not going to leave the Democrats unscathed here because they are going to engage in some of the same tactics that the Republicans engaged the past like eight or so years, eight or nine years. So they're going to be, all that uh, grandstanding they did during the Obama administration, they're going to about yeah. to do the same thing. So it's like, it's all hypocrisy, man. It's yeah, just... Yeah, it's pretty stupid. I'm, the Democrats are particularly stupid, though. It's like, the, they want... They don't want to win elections. They want to win elections by having Republicans vote for them. Like, they could easily stir up their base the way the Republicans constantly stir up their base, but they refuse to do it. Hot take incoming. I think that the Democrats have always been afraid to, like, do the same things the Republicans have really done to get their, like, most extreme part of the party involved. But Republicans always knew, like, all right, the most extreme side of our party is, like, Nazis. Which, yeah. they're just racist. I'm cool with that. I'm pretty racist myself. Like, yeah, we can live with that. Whereas Democrats, they know that the far, far left of theirs is like black supremacists and like socialists. And they're like, huh, we love money. Uh, I don't want black people killing white people in the streets. We'll never play this card. We'll never play it. And it's odd. Like, the Republicans eventually reached a point where they had to play their ultimate shit card. <laughs> They're blue-eyes, white dragon, right? The Dem- yeah, the Democrats will never do it. They never will. Well, they're, they're, that's why they'll keep going back to fucking the Cory Bookers and <laughs> Clintons of the world. All these fucking corporate-ass Democrats, because they're they're afraid of what the real left is. 
Well, is that to their detriment? I think they're trying to be inclusive and, you know, like I said, have the high ground and be, you know, righteous and more inclusive, I think, is their is there Yeah, goal. no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the candidates that yeah. they bring to you. Like, these are candidates about corporate... They're just the left version of the same capitalist yeah. domination. Yeah. Which is not what we're looking for. I don't, I don't think... like They could have easily won this election if the slate of candidates would have been a little bit more progressive. Because uh, the progressive side of the Democratic Party is like very thirsty yeah. for somebody who represents them, as you saw with Bernie. Yeah, it's but because the Democrats are the Democrats, they yeah. fell behind their <laughs> fell behind Clinton because that's what they yeah. were instructed to do. Right. I can't believe she. Did you hear she wants to run for mayor of New York? Like, why does she still want to run for things? Dude, What's wrong with her? Hang it up, dude. You're seventy years old. Retire. Yeah. Like, chill. You're rich as fuck. I'm sorry that you never got to. Like, you've done a lot of great things. You've, been a state senator, you've been a senator. Yes. Like in, you had a great political career. It's over. Stop yeah. running for things. <laughs> it's look, man. She should just. I mean, I don't know how her and Bill are these days, but it's like, can't y'all just like find a nice place where y'all don't have to like talk to anybody and just be alone? Because that's I don't where think I that they can do it. Yeah. I don't think they can do it. I think they survive by running for things. Like if they're not fucking fundraising, they're dying. It's a mess. Do you think Trump will make it all four years? No, I, I, my best friend Steven, me and him have a wager that I think I said 18 to 24 months. I was oh, like, yeah, wow. halfway through. How does it end? Personally, I hope he resigns, but I hope that something comes out, like something happens where it's like. There's a video of Vladimir Putin, like, bareback fucking him in the ass. <laughs> oh, we can only hope, right? No, uh, I've never watched gay porn before, but I would definitely watch that. I'd watch that video to completion. <laughs> Your completion or theirs? <laughs> Both. No, man, it's like, you know, Capone, right? Like, Capone didn't get nabbed for all the shit he did. He got he nabbed did. for tax evasion, so I'm hoping... Yeah. I'm hoping uh, our president is one clerical error away from, like, utter failure, so one can yeah. hope. It's just the Republicans are so complicit, they won't even let him get in trouble if something happens. I don't think he's going to make it all four years either, but I think my prognosis is a little darker. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think he's going to die. I hope Probably he doesn't. Probably, like, three years into his presidency. Heart attack or natural causes yeah. or foul play? I mean, it'll probably be heart-related. Like, you can't be that old, that fat, and eat that bad of shit and just have that stressful of a job and then live. You know what I'm saying? Even though I don't think his job is stressing him out very much since he mostly just plays golf. But, yeah, I think that he, he can't take that. But how can He's a president a How can a president spend so much time on the golf course? It's like, what? Like, that, yeah, that's, that's irresponsible. Right? Like, if I was president for, I don't know, maybe nine weeks, I feel like going golfing maybe 12 times in those nine weeks is aggressive. Yeah. But you know what? That's, I look. That's how you make America great again, man. One golf course at a time. <laughs> One Trump resort at a time. Anyway, I watched Moonlight last night. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's really funny. Like, if I can go on... I've been dying to talk to somebody about this. The fact that there was a competition between Moonlight and La La Land is a fucking joke. Like, I've yeah, seen I those. Based on the subject matters of those movies, I, I always felt like it would. we would one day have that conversation. 
Yeah, like, okay, I loved La La Land. For the record, I loved it. I, oh, yes, it's probably, I haven't seen it either, but it's probably a good movie, like, for sure. But, like, yeah, Moonlight was doing something as a movie. It was yeah. telling a story that wasn't told. It's really this dichotomy that kind of occupies, like, Oscar bait movies where it's like, and I'm, I don't mean any disrespect by that label. That's just how I think of those type of films. These, oh, like, no, you're definitely right. Yeah. Well, it was funny because, like, here you have Moonlight. I love Moonlight. It was fucking excellent. It was it was it was brilliant and it's like understated execution and like just subtle brilliance where it's like it's a very silent movie. Like there there's not a lot of talking cuz the character isn't very verbose and it's so just like understated and it's brilliant and it's like you get what this kid is going through. And then I like La La Land was a lot of fun. I really liked it, but it didn't it was basically saying, look how awesome Hollywood is, and look how awesome that shit is. I was like, just on message alone, there's like, this is a David and Goliath thing, where it's like, Goliath should murder David, but somehow David stays alive because Hollywood loves David. It's Exactly. It's, it was very maddening. I was like, I expected them to, it to be a tight competition. And I've watched both films, I'm like, this is not a tight competition. Hollywood, you are so... Self-absorbed, you need to wake yeah, the fuck I mean, up. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I wish I could participate more in this conversation, but I haven't seen either of these movies. Well, I also I also watched Fences, and that's another thing. I'm like, how the fuck did you not? How the fuck did Denzel Washington lose to Casey Affleck? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Have you seen Manchester by the Sea? Yeah, I've seen both. Okay, so was it close either? No, that's another thing. I'm like, I know you don't give a shit about spoilers, but anybody listening, if you haven't seen Manchester by the Sea, spoiler alert, just. So, it is a good film. I liked it a lot, but he doesn't really... I don't feel like he did the he- any heavy lifting. Like, he was very... So, the point is, he got drunk one night, and he accidentally left to go make a beer run. He forgot to put the fireplace cover over his fireplace, and the log a log rolled out, and it caught his house on fire, and it burned his three kids alive. Shit! Yeah. Shit! Spoiler alert. His wife survives, but they've divorced because of the whole thing. And look, it's a fucked up story. I I didn't love it. I greatly enjoyed it. But he doesn't... He's just depressed the entire time and, like, kind of detached. And it's like, he was good. But Denzel gave you every, like, range of emotion, everything in Fences. I was like, how... How is this a competition? This is not even a competition. He Yeah, it was just like they want to introduce the world to Casey Affleck and make him... Yeah, it's the Hollywood political, like, oh, well, he's Ben's little brother. We got to give him some shine. Yeah, like, Denzel's got three Oscars. He's not crying for this one. Like, Denzel was better in this than he was in Training Day. I'm like, I just, I just don't know. Denzel was better in Flight than he was in Training Day. I thought he could have won that, too. I forgot who actually won that year. I remember not being upset about it, but he's been better than Training Day a bunch of times. Yeah, I don't remember. I think, I think Daniel Day-Lewis might have won it. Daniel Day-Lewis is the best actor alive, period, in a sense. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no shame him in losing to, to him. I want him to play me when I die in the story of my life if he's still alive. <laughs> Hopefully. He's the only person who could do it justice. <laughs> I've never seen Flight. It's on my Netflix list. I've been oh, to see good. it for years, but I I haven't seen it yet. And it's a shame on me, but like, Fences was really good. Moonlight was really good. I don't understand. I get the Oscars, but I don't get how they can, like, sit there with a straight face and be like, oh, no, Casey Affleck was better than Denzel Washington. I'm like, you're fucking high. Yeah. All right. 
All right. This is a topic I told you last week and I want to talk about. This happened a few weeks ago. Andre Iguodala, for anyone who was not aware, he kind of went on a... It was labeled a racist rant. It's not really racist. He was making... He was making a joke, an elaborate joke, where he was asked a bunch of questions and he dropped the N-word. I'm not going to say it. Feel free to say it if you want to. Not that you need my permission. I just want to talk to you about... Like, I think... I don't remember if we ever had this conversation. I'm sure we have, but it's like... Why... Are people so fascinated by the N-word? Please, take it away, sir. Uh, it's really because you can't say it. Like, um, that's, you hear it in all, it's so, usually a word that's a bad word is universally a bad word, but, like, the fact that this word is perfectly spit on, split on, like, racial lines, like, it's only a bad word when white people say it. It just makes it, like, that people's brains can't wrap around that. Like, how come it's not okay when I say it? Because you're white. That's racist. Yeah, it is. The word is nigger. Everything about this is racist. Like, what do you want? So it's, it's just a weird situation. It's the fact that nobody can say it. If the people, people want the word to like go away, and I get that. The only way that it will ever go away is that if it, everyone says it. If nigger was like on fleek, nobody would be saying it anymore. Like, it holds a lot of weight for people, obviously. And, you know, people want to police its usage, which I can't really blame them for, but it's kind of stupid. Uh, I think that I'm of the school of thought that everybody should say nigga. I don't care. I would judge it by a case by case basis. If somebody came up to me faces my face and was like, "Hey, you nigger," I would be like, "I, you're clearly racist and you want to fight in some capacity." But if he came up to my face and said, "Hey, you darky," it would be the same. It's like it's all about context. I can tell you sitting in your car alone rapping Lil Wayne lyrics is not the same. You talking to all your friends and referring to yourself as my nigga, and y'all all white or y'all all Korean, like, I don't care about that. Like, I know that black culture is, like, the most visible culture probably on Earth, and that's a big part of it. And so, obviously, you're going to imitate it because it's so visible. Yeah. And the only bad guys, I mean, I, I don't even want to talk about the issue of, like, non-black people of color saying nigga, because that's super weird to me, but, like, White people, as long as white people are the bad guys, people are more than happy with, like, keeping them <laughs> out. Like, they can be excluded. Like, we can all say nigga except them? Like, fine. Look, man, I don't I don't feel I, – I can't say it. Like, you've, you've told me for years, oh, dude, you can say it around me. I, I don't care. I'm like, I, I – Yeah, can't. I know you don't want to. That's part of, part of the reason why I've always said that. But it's, it's just funny to me how uh, – it's a very complex topic, but it, it's a it, – we can – it's a, I'm try, I don't know how to say this. It's a racial, it's a racist word, but it's, it's more, I think of it as more racial. It's like, I, I don't understand. What I don't understand is why any white person does want to say it. I'm like, why do you want to say this? It's like, why, what is so wrong with not, just not saying the words? I think, I think what a lot of white people get hung up on is the fact that they don't want to say it. But the fact that they're being told not, they can't say it, they're not allowed to say it, their panties getting a wad and shit like that, it's like... Oh, it, you're, that's 100% it. But it's like, you're what, definitely right. But if you're not, not going to say it at all, why are you worried about saying it? It's like, I don't understand these people who are like, well, it's just the principle of the matter. It's like, fuck you, it's not the principle of the matter. You just, yeah, I, I, they just don't want to accept that there's, there's boundaries for them, that there's things that they can't do. That had nothing to do with them. Like, yes, I know that you didn't personally enslave anyone, 
And, like, I know that you've never bought a slave, but you know what? Like, seeing your face adds history to you and that usage of the word, you just can't say it. And if you do say it, fine, but, like, people can punch you in the face for it. Yeah, I mean, do you think... Well, this, this goes to a larger question of reaction. I don't think that that's a thing as much anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that if you were white people were saying the N-word in a mixed space and somebody black heard them, I don't think they would just run up and start beating you. I mean, maybe they would confront you in some capacity, yeah. but it's not like a trigger for us where we all hulk out when you hear it. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I was about to ask if you could, if you if you understand or find that kind of reactionary violence... No, uh, I've I've heard of people saying the N word in public, and I always make a point to like laugh at their face. Like I was in line at a bar, and these white guys were talking to each other, and they were talking about how they wanted to fight some other guy. And it's like this nigga came up to me, and I like like over the top laugh, like, <laughs> and they all turned around and they just realized and they felt awkward. But I, my goal is to make you feel awkward. I don't know if you watched Atlanta. No, I've been uh, meaning to though. Okay, well they have a scene where about white people saying the n-word and it was like masterful it's exactly how you handle it exactly how you handle it and it, it it's kind of rough to talk about without you having seen it but uh yeah it's a they should feel embarrassed uh I, their curiosity in the word is based out of something stupid and when you press them on it they realize that what the other what the other issue was i mean i was listening to a lot of sports talk and espn about what andre iguodala did but I also don't understand where I, I don't understand why white people where some okay where some white people get off policing that word like you're not allowed to say that that's an that's inappropriate that's offensive it's like like it's like dude you're not helping the matter you don't get to dictate no yeah that's just another case of white people telling black people what to say like nobody wants to hear that yeah it's. Uh... Like, when the, a few years ago, the NFL made the rule that, like, if you get caught saying they go on the field, it's like a 15-yard penalty. And I was like, this is a horrible idea. One, because they probably say it a lot. And two, I don't want to hear Roger Goodell telling me not to say nigga. Yeah. More than, like, more than anyone else on Earth, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that dude, bro, for real. It's just, I just don't get where, like, okay, here's my thing. I was like, listen, white person who, for whatever reason, wants to say the n-word go right ahead man nothing's stopping you there's literally nothing stopping yeah, me from say saying that word right now but you know why i don't say it i personally don't like the word and you know to get a little a little a little insight like my stepdad i think i've mentioned is black and it, i i would never say that around him so i don't feel like i should ever say it ever like it's like yeah, i would never say that that's exactly what happened in atlanta it was like if you wouldn't say it around this person don't say it yeah, it's like I would never say that because not well. First off, not only would my ass get beat by my mother, but also just on a moral, it's like no, that no, I'm that's no, I I refuse. But and I'm not trying to sound self righteous or anything like that. But it's like white person, if you want to say the n word, go right ahead. But you have my personal blessing. Feel free, go say it. I'm black. I don't know if you can tell that through the phone. I'm black. <laughs> Go say the N-word to your heart's content. I hope it gives you all the joy that you thought it would. But it's like, it doesn't mean you're not going to have any consequences. Like, the reason exactly. you don't say it There's is because you There's nothing you can know. say that doesn't have consequences. Yeah. Like, every opinion is kind of controversial. Yeah. Some are more controversial than others. Like, 
but your decision to start saying nigga, like, yeah, go right ahead. You might get in some trouble. Yeah. And justifiably so, but go ahead. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird curiosity. I think it's always has something to do with the fact that, like, people love black culture. Yeah. America loves black culture a lot. Way, 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 way more than black people. They love black culture. And saying nigga amongst ourselves as very much a big part of our culture and and their desire to like imitate us and yeah they want to say it but like they don't want to listen to our actual feelings like hey it's really really hurtful when white people say it like it just brings back horrible memories don't do it and refuse to accept that because they want to be a part of our culture so bad but they don't want us to be in it yeah it's as far as yeah as far as the appropriation of uh black culture in america i can I, it's really funny. Like I, I love hip hop. I love rap. I love it so much. I look forward to listening to it every day. It's great. But I understand, and I can I could extend this to Fences and Moonlight um, as well. I can appreciate that all that all those works of art. I can appreciate it. But I know in the back of my mind, deep down, it's not for me. It's for this culture that I can appreciate. But it's not yeah, because you culture. live next to them like your whole life. Like you get that black people exist. They have black people stuff that's for them. Yeah, and yeah, like sometimes you want to see it. Like cool, this is what black people are important to them, or this is a part of their history. Yeah, or but you know that it's not yours, and that's fine. Yeah. Like there's like I don't understand. People have a really really hard time with stuff like that. Um, people have a hard time with the fact that other people's cultures exist and they're not a part of it, but it's still here. That's yeah. one of the biggest problems in this country. It's it's the fact that we are a melting pot, and that causes some friction. Because if we're all if we're all trying, I to always expose, thought that, that was kind of a misnomer. We're less of a melting pot and more of like the sandwich. Like, yeah, we have people from everywhere, but like they're still them. Like, yeah. there's still Chinatowns everywhere. There's still little Italy's. Yeah, like you just came here and like you were a participant in America 100, percent but like you still kept you. But that's what makes America cool. That like you can get authentic fucking real Chinese Mexican African culture in America all in one area I don't know that's what's cool well I think it's the the melting pot analogy is it's about the choice it's about the option of being a melting pot it's like I mean you can go like you can meet someone who's half Jewish half you know uh, black half Middle Eastern all half Egyptian and all this all these wonderful concoction of different ethnicities and races and stuff like that. That I think that's the melting pot analogy. That well, that I'll, that's the way I always saw it. So right, but like I guess something about the phrase melting pot implies that they will melt and become one. Yeah. I say this, they definitely stay partially separate, and that's cool. Yeah. That's not segregation. It's just like, hey, man, we do our shit. Yeah. You might not. Like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but back to the uh, appropriation. I really think it's. This that, for one, black culture is cool. Like that's it's it's cool, and yes. the reason I always felt well, I don't feel this way, I guess, but theoretically, I guess the reason is that black culture is cool because it is such a rich culture, and y'all realize that. Fuck it. After all the things that we've been to, we're just gonna be us, and we're gonna have, and we're gonna do us, and we're gonna be, we're gonna have fun with our lives as much as possible because we've been through a lot of shit. And I don't even think it's that meta. I think it's just like that's just how we are, and I think that 
all of the people you kind of look up to in movies and in sports, it's like you have to overcome, you know, struggle. And the weird part about it is I feel like people inherently think black people are cool because they assume that we've like been through something. Like we we're dealing with something. We're engaged in this like battle, even though they refuse to admit that like they are the part of the reason of why we have been constantly battling or whatever. But like, it looks like we're going through something tough. It makes us seem tough. And so it makes us cool, but yet they don't want to, I don't know. It's always been like a weird catch 22, but like, it's definitely out of a place of knowing that you came from suffering yeah, and you're still being cool at the yeah. same time that you've earned that. Like we, well, everybody loves a good underdog story. So y'all all right. Can... Like I think to get really, really probably too deep, Go for um, it, man. black people in America have always had a weird relationship with the fabric of the country in relation to all of the other ethnic groups as well as white people, right? Like, nobody wants to be a part of, like, Mexican culture. Not that they're, like, not popular and they love the food, but it's like, that's never been the dominant culture of America. Who knows why? Mm -hmm. I think the fact that black people are, we've been here from the beginning, there's no immigrant story about us. Like, America, we were there day one. And it feels quintessentially american yeah. like having black people around and black stuff because it's always been there it's like oh i'm almost willing to say like the majority of what people probably internationally think of as american culture is probably from black people like american culture is black culture yeah i would say but, in my opinion that black culture is the truly one of like jazz jazz is, like the only true american original art form like black culture is the only true american because even me, see, my family's from New England, right? And yeah. like they're Boston, they're Irish, and that's all. That is all connected back to a mother country or something like that. But right. in my opinion, black culture, and this is a me white splaining, I guess. But yeah. I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like it's y'all's culture is the only truly unique American culture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. the, the stuff that there's definitely a white culture. But it just comes from stuff that was passed down from other countries. Yeah, Western European, yeah. And because we were stripped of our actual African, specific African yeah. roots, that we just kind of made shit up. And it was tight. <laughs> well, man, y'all get... I have lots of white relatives. I probably don't have that many slaves in my family. It's unfortunate. Uh, well... I don't know if unfortunate is the right word, but you get what I'm trying to say. I was about to say that, but I didn't want to be the white guy telling a black guy, hey, that's un- that's not that unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Well, I should be richer if I didn't have slaves in my family. I didn't get to take advantage of those white relatives either. <laughs> they fucked up. I-, I love this country, and I love it... I don't know if you feel this way, but I love it despite its flaws. Does that make sense? Like... Is that me being too naive, or what do you think? Uh, no, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with loving your country. How do I feel about America? I definitely identify with it heavily. Like I'm very much American. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like how like Batman and the Joker are. Like I always have to fight you. You're always there. You're always trying to fuck me over, but yeah. I'm gonna beat you. Like I don't want to fight anybody else. Like I don't want to fix other countries. I want to fix America. And I know America's trying to get me back. And it's trying to give me addicted to drugs or give me AIDS or throw me in jail or something. But it's like, God damn it, nigga, you escaped. I've got to get you again. And, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. it's this 
constant vigilance. Like, as soon as we feel like we've made progress, as soon as we feel like things have changed, you have this underbelly or this, like, other side of the coin who's like, no, we need to undo everything you just did because fuck y'all. It's like... And, like, throughout history, though. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched Untold History of the United States on Netflix. No, it's on, it's on my list is too, man. I got a le- uh, I got my, my Netflix list is like I'm sure it's like three three or four pages long. Like it's, it's that show good. really like that show fucked me up. Like we uh, America has a, a a very very weird history with like progressiveness, and we've been so close so many times. And the show kind of shows you like how we fucked up those moments, like. In the, the most minute ways, and who knows how everything works. I've, I've studied American history. I studied American history in college and high school and all that stuff. I mean, I'm no expert. But it's really sad. Like, we're really – humans in general are really big into narratives. They want to think about this is, this is the way things happen, and my side, the side I'm on, is always the good side. So we kind of overlook the shitty parts of our history and – Oh, our history is incredibly shitty, though. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know how bad. I don't think that there's a single continent. We, I think we've uh, attacked every continent in some capacity, like with the exception of Antarctica, and we probably attacked them. And too. they better watch their fucking backs. <laughs> yeah, like man, we fucked up everybody for no reason. That's, that's unbelievable. The arrogance. Yeah, but that's. Not, well, I feel like we're super off topic. My bad. Uh, it's kind of free range, man. I, I really didn't have. I've tried to not be as rigid on the topics anymore because it kind of stif- it can stifle conversation. So whatever, man, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. But yeah, the N word's bad. <laughs> the N word is is complicated for sure. The N word is definitely complicated. Even, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think like if I I don't know if I want to live in a world where nobody says nigga anymore. Honestly, I know it's uh, it's uh, seen as like that's the goal, but. I don't know. I like to say it. it. It often conveys what I'm trying to say. It's like people, but with more intensity. Yeah, it's it. It feels like a word where it's like a kin, a kinship, or like a, a relationship. It establishes a relationship that you are. It's not like hey, dude, or hey, bro. It's like hey, n word. I feel well, so. I, okay. I feel so I've never used it like that. I, I just was. I've just not been one person on Earth that I've greeted. Hey, nigga. Like that's weird. I just mean like when I use it, I use it as the literally as the word people, just with like emphasis. Right. Yeah. So if you <laughs> these, oh, I'm saying the same probably with these motherfuckers also. But like, if I was like these motherfuckers, you know, I don't mean like these people. You know yeah. what I'm about to say after yeah. that is angry. It's the same thing with nigga. I was like, these niggas is doing something ridiculous. It's never like, these niggas bake me cookies. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Another thing, well, there's one, something I did want to talk about, kind of related to where we got off topic, but I used to think that there wasn't a white culture in this country. Like, I used to think that... Oh, there definitely is. Well, after this election, I've been like, maybe there is. Like, I always thought that white people were too fragmented. As far as like different types of white people in this country, I don't, yeah, I definitely think it's very regional. But yeah. there's, I mean, there's some unifying threads of white culture for sure. Yeah. Like we live in Texas, this is like the pinnacle of white culture. Yeah, the white culture that I I don't like to acknowledge or didn't or was unaware of is this, and I'm gonna start sounding like a fucking lefty, whatever. But it's like it's somehow that 
this is some kind of ownership of this country, and the rest of y'all are just leasing. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, definitely. I hate to admit that, but I really do feel like there's that overwhelming everything that is like the bellwether of white culture, the things that have been held up as cool is always like adversarial, right? Like when I think of, and I feel like internationally, if you ask people, like, give me an idea of what you think of like white people in America, like their history. It will come down to like cowboys or some shit, right? That, yeah. Right. That's like a very white hero archetype in American story. And like, who were they fighting? Desperados. Like, these were regular ass Mexican niggas who lived in Mexico and they were trying to fucking take shit from them. Or like, American soldiers. Like, the soldier is a big deal. Every time we were in a war, we were out killing people that we just perceived as our enemies for some reason. The world wars were probably justifiable, but literally no other one was. Right, so you're just like glorifying soldiers as heroes. Yeah, that's a very white culture thing, and it's glorifying us like otherizing fighting someone else. That's like a, a very constant callback to the cool parts of white culture. It's like this: we're the face of this country. Like y'all are the supporting cast, but we're always the leads. We're always the face. Of- but at the same time, I mean, we can't be stupid here. You know what I'm saying? Like, the country is 69% white people and, like, 70% Christian. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that we should have, like, Christian Sharia law, but y'all are definitely the majority. Like, yeah. I get, like, hey, man, our interests are important because there's four of us. I never have been mad about that, and I'm very much in the minority on that. But, yeah, you can make laws about your shit because, like, it really is what most people are. Now you just can't demand everybody do it, and I think that that's where we're running into problems. Look, I don't want any harm to come on anybody, and I guess we can finish on this because we still have the questionnaire to get to, but I just, I aspire for more equilibrium. Like, I hate the fact that we're overwhelmingly, like, what you you said, 69, yeah, 70-something percent of this country's white. I'm like, can we, like, get that number down closer to, you know, like, 50 or under 50? Can we get... I can, no, that, first of, that was a bullshit statistic. I pulled that off the top of my head. That could be incredibly wrong. No, and no, no. It's, it's the census is like, we're, we are the majority, but I want the breakdown to be more proportional. I want more diversity. I want more... Oh, well, don't worry. That's coming. That's what everybody's afraid of. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. You can totally see that shit. But, I mean, if you think about it, like, think about the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Think about every country in it. There are basically two white countries on this whole side of the world. Okay. Like, it's kind of inevitable that, like, the whole rest of the world is Latin and Spanish-speaking. Like, this whole side of the earth, everybody basically speaks the same language and looks within a realm of the same, except for these two countries of white people. Like, it's only a matter of time before it just, like, by osmosis, (laughs) it kind of reaches the equilibrium of the rest of the Western Hemisphere. I, I think that there's no need in trying to fight that off. Well, we can hope, and with that said, fuck you, Breitbart, and fuck you, Alex Jones. Hey, wait, don't say that. If they want to listen to this podcast and, like, sponsor it or have me on their show, I would love to be the token liberal black person arguing with you. Alex Jones, holla at me. I think we have more in common than you think. <laughs> listen, I don't make a lot of money, but I would pay substantial amount of money to see you and Alex Jones one on one, like what if we no? What if it's not even one on one? What if it's like one and one, and we become best friends? And be like, holy <laughs> shit, the Illuminati is real, and like they got chemtrails and all our food, <laughs> and we start talking about lizard people, and we like best friends. Y'all, you, you could be his one black friend. Yeah, then 
three months later when I take Ben Carson's job, you'll know that that worked out for me. Oh, man. I would be like, man, I knew him when he was cool, and now he's, <laughs> now he's on one. But I'll be in the sunken place. Hey, man, I wish you all the success, but I just hope it's not down that path. No, it, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm very, right. very clearly joking. Okay. Do you want to get on this questionnaire? Yeah, bust it. Let's go. All right. So this is, just to reiterate, this is the new questionnaire. Uh, I came up with this on my own. I like doing this at the end of the show because it's a nice little way to, you know. Get to know the people that you're listening to. Yeah, because I I honestly, I only want to bring on fascinating, interesting people. Or people I find fascinating and interesting. So I like to, uh, you know, I like to know more about them. And some of the stuff, like, I might not know about you. And I get to know you that much better. So, okay. Oh, this will be tricky with you. What was your first car? Saturn SC2. 1997 Saturn SC2. It was green. That car was literally indestructible. I don't know why they stopped making Saturn. Those are fantastic cars. All right. Well, you said it was indestructible. What happened to it? Oh, it got destructed. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, it had, like, 90,000 miles when I bought it when I was 17. I drove it like a 17-year-old driving their car. And, like... The day I moved to Dallas, or the day before I moved to Dallas, like, in order to start my car and make it run after having it for, like, I think four or five years, like, I had to put my foot all the way on the gas while, like, turning the, like, the key, and, uh, yeah, I had to floor it out of, that's the only way I can make the car start and start running. So, I basically had to park very far away from shit so I could, like, zoom out of the parking lot, because I'm... It was ridiculous. That's when I knew the car was dead, and I sold it for like 150 bucks. Well, I, I think I rode around that car a couple of times. It was, it was a yeah. good car, man. Uh, I treated it like shit, for sure. Like, it could have, but <laughs> it was great for a first car. All right. Um, what is your biggest or weirdest guilty pleasure? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you noticed about me, John, but I smoke weed. Which what? A joke. Right. So... When I get high, which is often, uh, one of my favorite activities this is so weird. This is not really weird. I really like to brush my teeth. I brush my teeth for a very long period of time. I feel like the recommended, like you're supposed to brush your teeth for like two minutes. Yeah. yeah. I brush my teeth for like seven to nine minutes. Jeez. Yeah, man, it's weird. It's weird. My teeth are clean as fuck. Yeah, I, I gotta acknowledge. Yeah, you got some pretty white teeth, man. Yeah, but I don't know why. It's probably some oral stimulation that I'm like into subconsciously but well, yeah brushing my teeth is weird the dent the dentist association of america probably really appreciates all the effort you're putting into it no they hate it because i go to the dentist and they're like oh i'm about to take your cap wait fuck man what the hell is wrong with you eat some candy <laughs> all right um, okay this will be i, I want to hear this question from you what is what bores you and what is the most or what is the most boring thing you can think of yeah, I thought about this question a lot because it was it was pretty hard. I get bored very easily. Yeah, very 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 easily. Uh, but doing things multiple times, like if I have to sit through a meeting multiple times or I have to read the same thing more than once, like repetition is very grating for me. Yeah, and it like yeah, anything that I feel like I've lived through before or sat through before, it's just like the pinnacle of boredom. I can't stand it. Yeah, I I said on the last episode, I said traffic. Like I hate I hate traffic so much. Oof. I hate yeah. it. I hate it so much. Everybody does though, but like traffic has been getting better 
I've made so many good traffic playlists that I don't even care anymore. But yeah, yeah it's it's pretty bad. Okay, uh, so who was your role model or several role models if you have many numerous? Uh, you mentioned one. President Obama is the man. Like it's hard not to like him in every way possible. Who else? This is a tough question. Uh, I'm I'm very cynical and I'm very arrogant, and so I, I already think that I'm better than a lot of people that are like famous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Obama's definitely one. My dad. Yeah. Hmm. I'll leave it at those two for now. Yeah, I figured with you know sons, it's their dads, daughters, it's their moms and stuff like that. But yeah, Obama. Obama is definitely one of my role models. And uh, yeah, no, I don't know how he did it, man. I don't know how he could do it and be so calm all the time. He's either I don't know. He's never thrown hands at somebody. It's unbelievable. To me. <laughs> he's either genuine or a sociopath. One of the two. And yeah. either one of them is impressive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sociopathy in the right person's hands is a superpower. <laughs> yeah, Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so what's this might be a little related to guilty pleasure. I'm thinking about consolidating these two questions. But okay. So uh, what's something most people don't know about you? I don't know. I'm very open. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other day when I first read this question. At my old job, we had like an after work event, right? And somehow I ended up sitting with like all the girls we worked with. And they were all about like my age. All right. And I don't know how the conversation ended up here. But I remember telling them all that my dick wasn't circumcised and not feeling weird about it at all. And <laughs> like, so I have like no boundaries at all. No boundaries. So there's anything like, I don't know, maybe they just found out that my dick wasn't circumcised and I said it on this podcast. But that. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing that people don't know about me if they don't ask. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll keep that in mind if anything ever come like where to come up i don't i don't know what i want to know about you but all right uh, okay that's definitely something i'm sure most people don't know about you okay these are no, I was, I was, i'm saying i wasn't saying that i'm saying <laughs> that there's nothing that people don't know about me i tell people everything okay well it's like those girls found out about my penis <laughs> okay they were all really happy about it though they looked they all smiled they looked very genuinely interested I guess it's the maybe it's the novelty of it. I don't I don't know. For the record, I am circumcised. That, that let's just get that on out there too. So. You should add that to your uh, your questionnaire. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have more. I'm not gonna just have guys on here. I'm gonna have girls. All right, well. fine. Female circumcision is real and it's a, a problem. <laughs> but I meant ask that to the guys. Is what I was implying. Okay, maybe I'll ask the girls whether they prefer, have a preference. That's exactly. All right. So yeah, you basically figured it out. There you go. I'll, I'll I'll take it under further consideration. Okay. All right. So shark diving, bungee jumping, or skydiving? All right. This question was hard because it's basically asking me to take – first of all, let me go on the record. I would not do any of these things. <laughs> okay. uh, secondly, it's asking you to, like, take a leap of faith in technology, right? Yeah. Either the shark cage, the bungee cord, or the parachute. I picked the parachute, man. I trust that. I understand the physics of parachutes. They've been around for a long time. We use them for really important shit. Yeah. I don't know about them fucking shark cages, man. All it takes is one skinny-ass shark to get in there and fuck you up. Yep. Bungee cord? I don't know. I guess after watching, like, The Fresh Prince, I could never trust a bungee cord. Hillary, will you marry? Oh, that yeah. shit was so fucking funny, bro. Oh. Never, yeah. So that ruined the bungee jumping industry for me. So I'm out. <laughs> All right. All right. Coke, Pepsi, or other? So... Coke's better than Pepsi, but I'm a Dr. Pepper. False. But I don't drink soda anymore at all. 
Fake news. That's so wrong. Pepsi is so much better than Coke. I'm tired of you people spreading lies. What? Yes. What? Pepsi is so much better Pepsi than Coke. For kids. Pepsi is Coke for kids. Like, no. Coke with like 10 times the sugar. That's Pepsi. what Pepsi tastes like. It tastes like sweet ass Coke. No. No. Well, Coke is way more sweeter than Pepsi. No. Coke has like bite. Like I drink Coke because it hurts. <laughs> you drink out of the bottle like, <sighs> Pepsi is just like, oh, la la, here's some sugar, syrup. Nah, man, but Dr. Pepper is delicious because it gives me both. Yeah, I actually prefer Barks. Which Barks I can't, is good too. Yeah, which I can't get a lot of out here, so when I do see it, I'm like, oh, I gotta get that. Uh, but yeah, I've, yeah. Cut back, I've cut back way on the soda. If we're not, not a drink soda, but soda. Soda's it, like horrible for you. Yeah, if you don't count Red Bull, because I, I do have that addiction to Red Bull. Yeah, same. I drink Red Bull every day. Dude, it's the best. Sugar-free Red Bull. Yeah. Wait, you do the sugar-free? Yeah, sugar-free is better than the regular. That's what I tell everybody. It's like, I, I can't fuck with the sugar one. The regular one, it's too, it tastes too much like fucking candy. I'm not, like. Yeah, the regular one tastes like sweet tarts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. See? See? You get it. You get it. Yeah. Okay. So, let's say you were working this Monday or Tuesday and you, you were unexpectedly get this afternoon off, what would you do? Very easy question. Get high. The question, <laughs> what would I do after that? I don't know. Probably play basketball. Getting high and playing basketball is like <laughs> the most calming experience for me. I do it as often as I possibly can. It keeps me centered. It's my favorite thing to do. So that. Alright, well that was pretty easy. I, I always figured, yeah, I would go probably see a movie or take a nap. Those are the two most relaxing things for me, probably. No, all, all realm, within the realm of possibility of things that I would do. Yeah. It starts with smoking. <laughs> okay, so you live in Dallas, and you might possibly be relocating soon, right? Yes, potentially. Potentially. To be announced, I'll leave it at that. Alright, okay, so you've lived in Dallas for a few years now. What do you love the most about Dallas, and what do you hate the most? Uh, it's kind of the same. Dallas wants to be the L.A. of Texas. And so, in that way, they're successful because there's, like, a lot of cool places to shop. There's a lot of cool restaurants. And, yeah, like, Dallas has everything. Everything you want to see. Oh, I want, like, a a hipster dive bar. We got the... I want a unbelievably fancy, like, I want to feel like the richest person on Earth club. We got that. Like, it has a good mix of things. What I don't like is that, one, there's no black people. They've basically hidden them to one part of town. And two, you know, all the stereotypes you feel about L.A. people, like fake, pretentious, vapid, that's the Dallas population for sure. Damn. Yeah, Dallas, like, I went to, I didn't even go in this bar, but I walked past the bar. You know how Austin has to keep Austin weird? That's yeah. like their thing. I've seen two signs about, which I think sums up Dallas culture. One was a sign that said, keep Dallas pretentious, which really sums them up. And another one was like, keep your Austin out of my Dallas. And I was like, oh, God, like, keep all the cool stuff out of our lame shit. Like, so Dallas knows that it is the rich, bougie city, and it, like, likes to bask in it, and that kind of sucks. What a, oh, my God, what an awful place. Yeah, everybody's here rich and white. Or not from here. Might maybe a stupid question, but does that kind of extend to Fort Worth as well, kind of? No. Fort Worth is not at all. That's Fort Worth is much more authentic, much less rich, but it's very country yeah. like when you think of like the country parts of Texas, Fort Worth is probably like the capital of that. Yeah. But I heard people love Fort Worth. I just don't like country music, so it's not really for me on like a hanging out scene, but the food is dope. Like it's very authentic. It doesn't have that same fake feel that you feel with Dallas and LA and stuff like that. Like it mm-hmm. feels like a 
I don't, you know, I have an uncle who lives in Fort well, he did live in Fort Worth, so I've been to Fort Worth a few times. I don't think I've ever actually hung out in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas isn't bad. Like, if you came to Dallas, it's a place for young professionals. Like, every city is now, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a million places to eat brunch. Yeah. There's a million apartment complexes, like, and they don't stop building them. All right. Okay, so have you ever used a pickup line and or has one been used on you? In person, no. Exclusively on Tinder. And yes. When I say a pickup line, I just mean like a canned kind of a, like a joke to start. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, I wish I could rearrange the alphabet type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think one time I read this article about starting your Tinder conversations off of like asking a girl a question of like, would you rather fight like a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Yeah. Like, so I did that for a while and I received a bunch of those when that's probably the closest I've had to. Do you know that that made it into the, a senator asked the Supreme Court nominee, uh, whatever his fucking name is, a senator asked him that because the senator asked his high school son if he could ask this nominee one question, what question would that be? And that is the question. So they wasted taxpayers' time, all but I'll be brief, to ask that question. And I don't know how he responded, but I was just like, really? 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 Wait, 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 what did he say? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Or I wait, didn't... well, come on, man. Right. There's clearly a right answer. You fight the one. I don't it's know. I think fucking... I would take the, like, a hundred duck-sized horses. I think I could fuck no, up. Man. I think I could, I think no, I could fuck man. up all I those horses. I think do shit to you, man. And I feel like... A... <laughs> See, that's why it's a good question. I want to know what my... I will ask all the Supreme Court justices, not just the ones that are... I need to know. Okay, last question. I'm going to let you get out of here. What's your dream vacation? I have both of these is, uh, involve like a tour of cities. It's not just one. Okay. I would say probably number one, just for things I would want to see, it's like a tour of Africa, right? Like the, the metropolises of Africa. So if I could do like a, a Cairo, Accra, yeah. like Lagos, yeah. Johannesburg swing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Add Nairobi too. Like, so, like, a, a swing of all the major cities of Africa, that'd be tight. Secondly, kind of more on a personal level, just, like, sports, I would like to take a tour and see a game at, like, the major stadiums in Europe. So, like, see a Chelsea game, see a Bayern Munich game, see a Barcelona game, see a, you know what I'm saying? See a Juventus game, all in their home stadiums, because I love soccer, and, like, their stadium culture is, like, crazy, and I would like to take part in it. Well, yeah, I didn't ask you. How's Chelsea doing these days? Oh, we were first in the league and pretty much guaranteed to win. I think we're like 10 points up on everybody else. Well, it's been pretty embarrassing. Like, we're basically moonwalking to the championship. No big deal. Yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal got sure. spanked. Y'all have to fire our coach so bad. Wagner has to, it's done. It's over. Hey, man, all good things come to an end, right? Yeah. Because it's just, they're actually having a pretty horrible season. It's, it's shocking for him. The whole thing is falling apart. Like, he has to go. Yeah, I uh, my buddy, my buddy Ben, uh, he's um, he's a big Bayern fan, and Arsenal and Bayern Munich have played twice so far. And yeah, they, time, played, they, they got, lost ten two. Yeah, we got destroyed both times, and he definitely, definitely, I was like the first time I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, yeah, fuck us, right? But I was like that second time I was like, oh god, please don't, please don't do this, don't don't, don't text me. And you bet he's <laughs> sweet ass. He was like. 
boom, bitch. And I'm like, fuck, why did you have to say anything? It's, I've never met an American Bayern fan. Well, he's... okay. That so, doesn't have, like, an actual tie to Germany. Well, okay, so he's Jewish, right? And uh, I believe he's Surprising. got... Uh, he's got Germanic Jew. Oh, he's like the last one. Yeah, he's got. He, I think he has ties, and he's a big Deutschland fan as far as the world stage goes. So yeah, and okay, he, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, so. it's easy. Bayern's an easy team to root for. One, they play really, a uh, really beautiful style of soccer, yeah. and two, like they never fucking lose. So yeah. All right, man. Thanks for doing this to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys cut that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. I don't know why that, but whatever. Freudian slip, man. You're like, man, fuck, you ruined my show. Why'd you do this? <laughs> no, you didn't ruin my show. Trust me, I've had a lot. Like, there's an episode from last year that I've, I've looked back at. I'm like, why did I even fucking do that episode? That was horrible. I'm never doing it with that person ever again. So, But that's not you, because you're Thank awesome. Thank you, because you did do it ever again. Yeah, but... All right, man. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday, and uh, this will probably go up not this week, but the following week, all right? Dope, man. Thank you. All right, bro. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Bye.